0: Gohagaka. That's the 7th of July, in 2022. So in just seven days, it will be Salaha Puja, which falls on the full moon of the 8th lunar month. And this is a very important day that's coming around, this day that the Buddha taught the Dhamma for the first time. And this has immense significance for us. Because if the Buddha, upon awaking through his own efforts, hadn't laid down this doctrine, then we wouldn't have these teachings now. We wouldn't know about Buddhism. And we would think that there was no one who had seen the Dhamma, who had attained to the Dhamma. So Pacheka Buddhas, these solitary Buddhas, they're also Buddhas, but they're solitary. They don't lay down these teachings. So when they pass away at the end of their life into Fauna Nibbana, then there's no teachings left behind. So we should come to know and study this important teaching, this first teaching that the Buddha gave. What did he teach? It was quite a short teaching. And we say it doesn't take up too many sentences. I'm sorry, when when he taught, after not too many sentences, then Venerable Anya Kondanya knew the Dhamma and could see into the Dhamma. This was quite miraculous. But for us, we have studied this teaching. We've listened to it. So why is it that we haven't yet seen the Dhamma? Why don't we yet know this? Why has this never happened to us? So the eye of Dhamma arose within Anya Kondanya, which means that this came up within his heart, that his heart became very bright and radiant through wisdom, and that we haven't yet seen this, that we don't yet have this radiance, this brightness, is because there are obstacles there. There are things which prevent our heart from gaining these states, and these are the five hindrances. So there's the satisfaction, the delight that we find in forms and uh, sounds and odors, tastes, tactile sensations, um, that we find enjoyable, pleasurable. And there's also ill will and anger, this intention to harm, this intention of cruelty. And the reason that the world is so chaotic is because people harm one another. And then there's also this drowsiness as well. So these hindrances can come up within the mind this sensual desire, ill-will, drowsiness, um, then there's restlessness of mind. So do we see how these things come up? How they're there for us? And if we don't train our minds in samadhi, um, then they'll be like this. We think and we speak all throughout the day. And that's constantly about self It's all issues of um, personality all throughout the day. And our minds, not once do they come to peace. So there can also be doubts about all kinds of things. And these doubts can really aggravate the mind. We can doubt about the practice, which way of practice will take us to freedom from suffering for sure. These doubts too are things which obstruct the mind. In all of these hindrances, they have that effect. So we can't reach states of peace. We can't reach this inner goodness. And the Buddha taught us to develop goodness to a state of completion. So we abandon all unskillful states. We give rise to skillful states and make goodness complete and bring the mind to purity. And if this goodness isn't yet complete, then our minds won't be bright and pure. We won't have this radiance, brightness of attaining the Dhamma. So we should try to bring our minds to stillness, to peace. And we use the Kamatana objects for that, these meditation methods. We use this whole path of generosity and virtue and meditation. We train our mindfulness and samadhi so they become firm, so that our minds can come into peace until those qualities develop into wisdom, allowing us to see the Dhamma. But that we haven't yet seen the Dhamma is because wisdom hasn't arisen. And so this freedom, vimuti, liberation, doesn't come up. But when wisdom arises, then we see all things as anicca, dukkha, anatta, as changing and stressful and not-self. We see this nature of arising, staying for a while, and then ceasing, just like what Venerable Anya Kondanya saw, he saw just in this way. But for us, we don't see things like that, because our samadhi is still not stable enough. And the reason that our samadhi is not stable enough is because of these five hindrances there, obstructing those states within our minds. Bringing our minds to darkness. So we need to train these minds. Train in mindfulness so that it becomes really firm in the heart. And then we train using kamatana methods. Train in samadhi. Whether standing, walking, sitting, lying down, we maintain our mindfulness. Whether eating or drinking, listening, speaking, thinking, we maintain our mindfulness speaking just a small amount, practicing a lot, doing a lot of walking meditation, sitting meditation. But we need to be careful here as well. It's not that we walk along and just allow our minds to go off, thinking without stop. So if we do that, we're not going to get results. It's like we're going fishing in a pond that doesn't have any fish. And so we don't get benefit from that. So we need to train our mindfulness so that it's here in this present moment a lot. And right now we have this great opportunity. We have the time to do that, to train in mindfulness. Even though throughout the day we may be, um, have work to do, and oftentimes there's a lot of thinking, proliferation that goes on. But still we should try. We should have the sincerity of our efforts really focus on trying to get there, on trying to get results. And some practitioners, they have a schedule that they've set up, they've got uh, an order to the way that they do this. They wake up early and then maybe at 4am they start meditating and they practice sitting meditation, chanting, bringing their minds to the meditation object, developing this quality of mindfulness. And so we use this um, mindfulness all throughout the day. If we're working, then we try to keep um, our mindfulness there. But sometimes it's normal that that will go off, that our minds will stray away into a sense of self. So we come back again, we contemplate again. Always having this constant effort there, this virya lampa, bringing up this effort. Really making our mindfulness strong and steady. Not letting our minds to just go off thinking all over the place. Because if we do that, and then we come back home and try to sit meditation in the evening, then it'll be hard. The mind will be all scattered, it won't be peaceful, be chaotic, it makes some meditation difficult. But if we put in our efforts into training to have mindfulness, then our samadhi can become firm. And then sometimes when we're working, then wisdom can arise right there. This knowledge and understanding can appear within our hearts. And this wisdom can come up with great clarity. There can be a lot of peace. It's even possible to see the Dhamma while we're working. So during the time of the Buddha, there was one seven-year-old girl who liked contemplating death as the object of her mind. And she would recite that life is not sure, but death is sure. Death is the culmination of my life. My life must end in death. And her mind became very peaceful and quiet and still in samadhi. And then she met with the Buddha, And she was able to understand his teachings. And the Buddha exclaimed that this world is dark, and those who know clearly are very few. So what he meant by this world is the delusion there within all of us. Within all the people in this world, the attachments that they have towards all the physical things and mental things as being a self, But when the mind is peaceful, then there's an understanding with clarity that comes up that there isn't a self there. So if this understanding could come up in this girl, uh, because she was practicing frequently, because her mind was peaceful, and so it just took for her abharami, her spiritual virtues, to come together (coughs) at one point, (coughs) and she could see the Dhamma, But for us, we've heard these teachings, but we don't yet see with clarity. There's still doubts within us. Our minds are still chaotic, and that's because they're not peaceful. So we need to train these minds so they do become peaceful. And when this calm gathers together, then there aren't any doubts there. The mind just feels at ease, there's a sense of joy and happiness there that comes up within the heart in their contentment and we can feel that way through listening to the Dhamma or sometimes the eye sees a form and we feel like this thing that we're looking at is just like the Buddha and there's a great sense of um, fulfillment within the heart or we can listen to some sounds and there's happiness and joy there and there are five kinds of joy that can come up is, uh tears that can flow down. The body can feel like it's expanding. Or like um, kind of waves of joy flowing through the body. And the body can sway or the hairs can stand on end. A feeling of lightness there within both body and mind. This inner coolness. And so it's possible to, for these things to happen when we train in meditation. So for myself, when I was a younger monk, I would sit in meditation for long periods and feel this great inner coolness. So there was a lot of peace there within the mind. And this peace practice would come together through the practice and then the mind would feel very cool. Even though outside it could be hot, but internally there was a great sense of coolness. And it was like this for over a month. The body and mind felt very bright and light. So I saw this clearly within myself in my own practice. And at this point, there's no need to force the mind to do good things. That The mind just wants to do it by itself. And walking in meditation, sitting in meditation, this just happens by itself. And there's joy there because of this. So in the beginning, though, I'd have to sit for long periods until this joy would come up or listen to the Dhamma and then joy would come up through that, or perhaps I do uh, generous deeds and there's a feeling of joy there. And then before I ordained, this rapture came up for three days and three nights. So I saw the importance of this practice. Really set my heart on it, wanting to see the truth of the Dhamma. So may all of us have effort to really do this, because Marga pāla, the paths, the fruition,s they're not out of date. They haven't, they haven't left this um, period of time. We can realize these things now in this present moment. We're able to know them, able to see them. When the mind comes together, and then um, this can happen um, without difficulty. There's no more chaos there within the mind. But if we're lacking peace, then there's just a sense of self. There's greed, hatred and delusion, fear within the mind. If myself, when I went to go practice in the cremation ground, I was really scared of spirits. I didn't know where these spirits were, I would never seen one, but I was proliferating about them. And so this fear is kind of overpowering the mind, this fear of ghosts. But as I practiced and peace gathered together in the mind, I could contemplate and see all things as being empty, that really I'm not there. And when I'm not there, then there isn't really anything. And there was a sense of ease within the heart, a sense of inner contentment through the Dhamma. So therefore we need to train our minds so that they can come into peace. And this is something that's possible for us to do. It's possible for us to gain distance from these nivaranas, these hindrances, for the mind to really gather together and for us to see the Dhamma. With Venerable Anya Kundanya, his samadhi was very deep, his deep states of jhanas that he was able to reach, and so there were no hindrances within his heart. He really set his mind on listening to the Dhamma of the Buddha. And when he heard that all things are of the nature to arise, or of the nature to cease, and he saw clearly into the truth of that, his mind gathered together and he gained the eye of the Dhamma. And he became the first um, awakened disciple of the Buddha, the first member of the Sangha. So the triple gem was complete in the world at that point. There were all three facets of the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha on this day of Asalaha Puja, a full moon day of the eighth month. That's going to come around soon, in seven days, the 14th of this month. So may we all set our hearts on this practice, because we're so lucky to have met with these teachings of the Buddha. So may we practice until we get there, in this life, And carry on practicing without stop, carry on digging until you get there, and put in the best of your efforts. Because for all of us, we've studied already. Many of us have studied to a high degree, we've already worked already, and if we really set our hearts on this practice, then we'll need to get there. It's not above our efforts, it's not outside of our capabilities. And it's even more so for the monks. As we've come off, come out, we've ordained already. So we need to make sure that we get uh, what we ordained for. So may all of you set your hearts on this.